0: Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 77, week 77, volume 77, number fucking 77. How you going, guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Robert from Mind Power, Left to Vanish, A Life Once Lost, and Old Bones, an absolute legend of the heavy scene, and he'll be coming up later in the show. So we always start off with a bit of questions, a bit of feedback, a bit of what's been going on. And this week, not a lot. But what has been going on are the listens. Guys, we are smashing it with our weekly regular listens. So everyone that's tuning in since day one, everyone that's tuning in over the last few weeks, massive shout out, massive respect and love to all of you guys and girls that are getting into the show Means a lot that we have now got a very solid core listening base. And from here, we're going to grow and grow and grow. Part of growing is that we need you to keep listening. That's an obvious one. The other one is getting the message out to people that the show exists. So whether that's telling them, sharing it, whatever it is, tell people about the show, let them know about the Mosh Zone podcast. Another important thing that we need your help with is helping make this show what you want this show to be. So if you have some feedback, some questions, if you have guests in mind that you'd love to hear from on the show, get in touch. To get in touch, you can send us an email. That's at themoshzone at gmail.com or you can hit us up on any of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All of those are at themoshzone. Zone. Also, guys... Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. So if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes podcast, leave us a rating and a review. Even if you don't use iTunes podcast, you can still go on there and leave us a rating and a review. Also, if you follow and like the page on Facebook, get in there, give us a rating and a review. All of it is essential to the show growing. The other thing is... If you're listening on Spotify, we've got playlists on Spotify that you can get interactive with. We've got the Mosh Zone guest list, we've got the Mosh Zone cranked, and we've got the Mosh Zone best of 2K19. Get into those playlists, guys, and if there's any albums or songs that you want added, make sure you let us know. So let's get into the part of the show you're all tuned into for, and that is this week's Mosh interview. This week I gotta sit down and chat with Robert of Mind Power, Left to Vanish, A Life Once Lost, Old Bones, so many bands, so much talent, such a fucking legend. I am beyond excited to have this man on the show. Been following him ever since I first discovered A Life Once Lost. To say he's talented is a massive fucking understatement. Meant a lot for me and the show to get him on, but also meant a lot for me to have him on because of the way his new band or his recent band, Mind Power, are doing things in the industry. They're on the cutting edge of thinking with the industry. And what Mind Power are doing, they're pushing the envelope. They're going to change this industry. And in a couple of years, we'll be saying, Remember when Mind Power did it first? So i also got to take this time out to say thank you so much, Robert, you absolute motherfucking legend. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. And what a stellar fucking chat we got. This is a really good in-depth conversation and such an interesting background and interesting history. That chat with Robert is coming up now. Um, so let's kick things off. So I always kinda of start off with um not necessarily a heavy band but music in general. Do you remember an artist or a musician that you discovered when you were growing up that you just really enjoyed and you started delving into music because of them?
1: Uh
2: it was probably first band I ever heard that got me into like the, the hardcore scene was was uh the band Shelter. Ooh. Um uh, a friend of mine was playing it in his car. I was going home for work. I was probably 16 or 17, and I heard it, and it just kind of uh, knocked me back a little bit. I was already diving into like uh, bands like Rage Against the Machine and Alice in Chains, uh, Soundgarden. Um, so I was already familiar with what heavier sounded like, but I just never heard anything like that. Uh, my first show I went to was... Uh, Orange Nine Millimeter, um, which is Chaka from Burn. It's, it's his, uh, who was the second band, his, uh, like kind of more of his, uh, radio band. And, um, just seeing him on stage just made me want to be a singer. Mm. And then after that, I just slowly started cycling into, uh, you know, really diving into the hardcore scene. So just kind of, you know, finding the current bands. You know, reading, memorizing and reading all the lyrics and then going to the thank you list and then reading all the bands that they thanked and then going out and buying those CDs or those records. And that's pretty much how I started it all.
0: What What brought you into the heaviest side? Like, what about the extreme side of music drew you in?
2: To be honest, it was uh Until Your Heart Stopped. Oh. Uh, that record, uh, when I first heard it, I was just like, I was like, holy
1: shit.
0: Like I, I
2: didn't, I didn't, I, I, was, I was familiar with bands like Pantera and 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 you know just just heavier, groovy bands, but I I never ever heard anything quite like that where, it, it was heavy but it still held that like beauty and just totally changed the game for me. After that, I just opened up and I, I've always been more of a sponge when it comes to music, whether it's you know touring and meeting people and. Diving into their MP3 or record collections, or whatever it was, or working at a record store, it, it was that's what really brought me into loving music of all genres. You know, so that shit, man, that that record just really definitely changed me. It's a record I could still go back and I can still listen to it. And I was probably all of 20 years old when I heard that. I'm 39 now, and I can still listen to it 20 years later. You know, I uh, had the opportunity to book him a few times which blew me away. Uh, so, yeah, Cave In Until Your Heart Stops was that record that really brought forth that that metallic, heavier sound. Uh, not to mention, like, For the Love of, Torn Apart, uh, Converge, um, you know, hearing that stuff. And then from there, it just just exploded. You know, I was just like, holy shit. I would go see these bands play. They would have bands like, you know, Isis opening up for them or Moors or or discordance access, or Burnt by the sun, or your black army jacket. You know, just anything. Any show I went to, I was always just very, very attentive to what people were doing, what what the bands were doing. Like I said, I just, I as soon as I saw Chaka play, uh, I just always wanted to be that that front man. I always wanted to be the center of attention for some strange reason, <laughs> or, or at least be a part of something like that. You know.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean I'm only I mean, I'm nearly 37, so I remember those times with being a sponge as well. I'm very much the same. It was, you know, like you said, it was either through the liner notes, you'd see the thank yous or it was you'd look at flyers for the upcoming show and you'd see a band you haven't heard of, but they're playing with a band you love. so you start diving into them. And then there was things like the media and press, like magazines were still a big thing. Oh yeah. And labels. uh, Labels were also a thing back then that was very much a thing of like, okay, this band's on Metal Blade. I better check them out.
2: Exactly, exactly. So like over here in the States, it was like Ferret, Trustkill, Initial Records, uh, Doghouse, Hydrahead, Equal Vision, um, Revelation Records. Uh, Then there's like more of the bigger ones, and then you go into like more of the punk scene. But if I found a band that I liked... I would go back and I would look at their catalog or what they put out and I would listen to every one of them. And I'd say, you know, out of 10 bands, if they put out 10 releases, I'd probably like, you know, four or five of them maybe, you mm-hmm. know, the other ones were okay. And I'd always keep my ear open for it, but it was just that I, I, I was, I was, I was like a, uh, like a vampire, like a leech, you know what I mean? Like the music like changed my life in, in so many ways. And, and it gave me a lot of like good times, and it gave me a lot of bad times. But at the end of the day, I mean, music has shaped the, the the person that you're talking to today.
0: Well, also it was an exciting, well, a different time because, like you were saying about you delve into their discography. Part of it also was that when you bought an album, you were buying it because you kind of wanted to enjoy that album. There wasn't any of this. Um, I buy an album, and then I'm just going to get rid of it. Because now with streaming, it's very different. If you don't like that, you can easily just switch off. When you bought an album, you yes. committed to it. And in some way or, or shape, you were going to get into it. And it might take some time or it might be instant, but you were always there for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say
2: when I started getting into like uh, collecting vinyl... Um, I, I would just go to a record store, whether it was uh, in my area, whether it was Siren Records up in Gullstown, Allentown had Double Decker, Philly had a bunch of different hotspots, and I would go in there and I would, you know, I would look around. If I couldn't find something, if nothing was biting on me, I'd go and I'd talk to the, the guy at the counter and be like, yo, like, like, I, I like this band, but I, I, I'm just not buying anything out here. Like, can you can you suggest something? And then I had the guys that were working at the record stores tell me, okay, this record, you know, go home listen to it. It would either fucking blow me away, or it it was a letdown. And I put those piles, I put those records on a pile. Give them another shot. If it if it wasn't so biting me, then they're the records I took back to trade in to be able to buy more records that I found that or, or artists that I found or artists that I wanted. You know, so it was just always that like, you know, that trading system for me. You know, I, I could trade a couple records to buy this one record that I really, really, really wanted
0: that they had,
2: and I'm like, Oh god, like thank God I found it, type of thing.
0: It's a very different time to nowadays. It's I also remember, you know, oh, yeah. You you'd go into I'd do the same with record stores with people that were working there, but also if you were looking at the new releases, it was a thing when if they had a sticker on it and it would say you know, for fans of, or, you know, guest vocaling so-and-so on it, that would sometimes draw me in, because if it said, like, for fans of Hatebreed or for fans of Lamb of God or something, you'd be like, all right, I might give this a go.
2: Uh, totally, totally. The, for the for the fans of that little tag they used to put on the CDs or, or the records, that, that was definitely a huge seller. That definitely, like, pushed more bands, you know, out. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to have it. It it kind of sucks to be lumped in with something like that. But at the same time, it it was a huge seller. Uh, in the case of a life once lost, you know, we, we had a, we had a tremendous like influence through bands like Meshuga, uh, Lamb of God, Pantera, you know. So you you can hear that influence in us, the crowbar, uh, shipment. I can go on and on with bands that we were just really, really, really into if you go back as, as far as like fourth like flies uh there was a band from pittsburgh called uh creations crucifixion it was more of an inflamed sound you know like we, we 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 toured with these bands or we went to go see these bands and w- with 1200 other people you know and and it was just a, it was just the influence you know I, I didn't mind it but at the same time i'm just i always wanted to be my own i always wanted to i always wanted to life on floss so i always wanted you know, mind power to be their own entity. Yeah. It it was just, it's a great, great tool to be able to pull more fans into, but it does like, it does hinder you slightly ever so slightly.
0: Yeah. It's kind of the, it's kind of a double edged sword in many ways. Um, when you were, you know, you're saying going to shows and you decided you wanted to be a front man. Um, was this after you'd finished high school, like during high school was music uh, as a career in some shape or form a real thought for you, or was there kind of something else you were really leaning into?
2: I mean, uh, high school, I was more of a, a straight edge, like kind of jock kind of kid, you know, like I, I wrestled, um, and I excelled in that, um, my coach implemented like a practice of setting goals for yourself. And, and oddly enough in high school, I set these goals for myself and it, never ever being in a band, never ever singing in a band, not being in a band, but I set these goals of, of one day I will be in a band. And, you know, lo and behold, uh, a year after high school, I met the guys on a life on Floss. Um, they, they couldn't find their singer or something. And I was going to the show already. I was a promoter at the time. So I knew, I knew all the guys in the band. So I show up to a practice. I play, end up playing a show that night. I think I uh, smashed like two microphones on the floor, destroyed them. (laughs) And uh, you know, from after the show, they were like, they were like, they were like, "Holy shit! uh, Do you want to do this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." You know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything else in my life. You know, I I work. um, I'm a union laborer. I'm I'm pushing brooms. And sure, yeah, why not? Like, I'll give it a try and set these goals. I set goals for myself. Like, uh, I wanted to be in like. like uh, like magazines. I wanted interviews in magazines. I wanted to be on TV in some way or form. Uh, I wanted to tour OddFest. I, I wanted to tour all over the world. Um, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And and I shit you not, I, I achieved every one of those and if not surpassed every single dream and goal that I set for myself with Fuck the life yeah. was lost.
0: Um, You mentioned in there promoter. So in what ways were you a promoter? Were you organizing your own shows or were you working for venues or what was your kind of promotion? I,
2: I organized my own shows. The first shows I did were in my parents' kitchen whoa, uh, at my house in a, in a neighborhood, you know, and I probably did a half a dozen here. Um, I came across the venue, uh, Polanka Park in Ben Salem, where the first show I ever, real show I ever booked was like Saves the Day, Boy Sets Fire, Reach the Sky and a Few Locals. And, um, from there, I just, I think the, one of the last shows I did was a thing called Spring Fling, and it was like Lamb of God, God forbid, a life once lost, playing a great artist, uh, uh, all failed. And every time I died, there, there was probably a good, like 15 bands on the show probably played in front of a good 15, 1600 people on a, on a side of a hall that probably holds like 500 legally. So it, it was one of those things like, I just kept stepping up, stepping up, stepping up. And whether I was doing shows in Bentham, Philadelphia, Chester County, Doylestown, anywhere that I could find a room, anywhere that I could find a, a place that would allow me to do a show, I could set a show up and I could bring people out to it. You know, um, I, it wasn't until like later in my life, later in a life on lost career where uh, I worked at a record store and that was probably the first like real promoter job and probably the only promoter job I ever really had. Where I had a room where I could book at. And then in that was in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. From there, I just went around town and I found a, a moose lodge. I found a church. I found a bar. I found a pizza place, you know, and I just found all these other separate rooms that I could put together these events. I could put together these, these, these shows and have these people come out. And, you know, you win some, you lose some. And I lost the majority of them, but I won a few big ones, you know, where. It's not costing me money to do it. It was just, it was nice. You know, it, it took me a lot of time to be able to, to to build myself to that character.
0: Well, it also gives you, as as an artist, it gives you, in many ways, it gives you a different insight into the industry than a band just starting out. But also, the other side of it is, in many ways, it can pay to your advantage as a band because you know the way things can be done or should be done.
2: Yes. And that was a nice like uh, feature of it when we started to actually tour full time, and you hear the 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 sob stories of promoters, and I'm like, oh, okay, well I'm a promoter and I know how it, it, it's supposed to be run. I know how it's supposed to be done, and you're obviously not you're not telling me that. You know, you're leaving things out. Um, it, it helped me be able to make connections. So, you know, being the promoter that I was, I was able to really network a life once lost to another level. And that's what really helped excel the the fast the, 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 the progress of the band was the fact that I was able to, you know, network our name, you know, so now instead of us playing constantly local, now all of a sudden we start taking these trips um out out into other places, other states, you know, uh, up into Canada and whatnot. So it was it was definitely an advantage for us to have someone as myself in the band. Um, the other guys, you know, just being fans of music and very, very talented musicians, that that's what helped me excel, you know. So it was definitely a combination of both. That You know, being able to play music with with guys like Bob Carpenter, uh, Justin Graves. Um, we had a slew of bass players from Nick Frasca, Evan Brewer, that's an Atheos and Animosity and so you have these guys that were in a Life lifelong sauce that went on to go do some other things and Really, really excel at them as well. I mean, the Life Once Lost was a great learning experience for us. It was, a, it, it was all of our first bands that we were in. You know, shit touring all over the world, playing in Moscow, Russia, uh, playing Offstage 2006. You know, these these are we were young kids that just didn't know we were so impressionable by everything that was going on around us that we just it, it moved fast for us. It moved very, very quick for us.
0: Yeah, the band it, it seemed like a life once lost really did go quick, as you were saying. I mean, kind of formed in '99, and then you know you release open your mouth for the speechless, and then the link up with Desh, Death Deathwish slash Ferret, um, for the a great artist, and it then felt like out of nowhere you guys were not a, not down the end of the bill, you were up the top of the bill, and. You're doing more and more shows. Um, Was this kind of really the height of the success of the band? Because I think Hunter was probably the success album-wise, but was around this time the success of touring-wise because it's interesting, a great artist. People at the time, I don't think, really got into the album, but now everyone says it's like a cult classic that you need to go back to and listen to because it was Gent before Gent was a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say that our greatest, great artist record. We we went from playing like a Swedish like technical metal to playing like polyrhythmic like punishing riffs with, with just this like really nasty groove. It, it was before Meshuggah was doing the groove, mm. you know. So I think Meshuggah dropped like nothing like right before that. So that's when, you know, that's when you started seeing like that slow introduction from less of, like, the really, like, pummeling, you know, like, heavy riffs to more of, like, just that off-time, like, groovy thing, and we just took it, and we just made it a little bit more, like, bluesy, you know, and I think when we did The Great Artist, it was definitely a little bit more progressive, but then, shit, it definitely took our name to a different level, you know what I mean, Um at first you know, obviously all your fans hate when you change your sound, you know, that all your fans just want you to constantly put out that same record, kind of like a Slayer record. But, uh, for us, it was always about the progression in music and the progression of, of who we were as artists. Um, with, with Hunter, uh, we were able to work with a uh, producer, Eddie wall, Rob Casciano, and I was able to finally like work with uh, a longtime friend, uh, Randy Blythe. And, um, just working with working with randy and working with those two guys say man it was it was an eye-opening experience for me on how to approach like my patterns and my songs and stuff and i was able to flow more i I wasn't just singing on a beat but i was grooving around that beat and then come like iron gag and ecstatic trance it, it was just they were the records that you know, I I didn't use Randy on those. I, I I took everything that those guys showed me on on Hunter, and I was able to actually make it my own. I was able to to recreate it. I was able to do something with my own flair to it. Uh, come years later, um, you know, I, I sing in I sing in a bunch of other bands on uh, No People, Land Waste uh, from Doylestown, and then come Old Bones out of New York City, out of Brooklyn, and just a little bit different of a, of a vibe, uh, finally link up with mind power guys. And they sat on a record, an EP for almost like three years before I decided to say, let me give this a try. And then after that, it was just kind of, that's all she wrote. You know, I, I, I ended up hooking up with let the vanish, uh, their singer just totally dropped the ball on them. Um, they asked me to, you know, try out, try a song. I did the song, blew them away literally recorded an ep for them in a week um on a week's time uh, i delivered that very well but th- this mind power record these mind power records i should say for this year in 2019 is it's a this is the cult the the cultivation of everything that i've done in my life as far as music goes I, i've been singing since i was 19 uh these are all the years of of, of growth as being a singer and this is the best representation of who I am as as a vocalist.
0: I think it's really quite, it's, you know, you are mentioning all those bands in there and you've also shown that you're not a singer that's pigeonholed to a sound. I think your vocals, you know, you can see it with old bones. It can, it can, it can suit grindcore and then you throw it in with mind power and, Mind Power has so many different elements, but each EP that's released so far this year is a little bit different. They're the same but a little bit different. You know, it's crusty, it's dirty, it's grindy, it's it's really quite refreshing how everything's a bit different, but it's gotta be quite a thing to tip your cap at that doesn't matter what the band's playing, your vocals can suit it, no matter what. Yes.
2: Yeah, that that's that's always, I feel like that's always been my thing. It's always been how I wanted to approach music um as soon as i when I started getting older, I started listening to different things so i, I started diving into in into different like genres of music, whether it was the blues or whether it was kraut rock or whether it was the psych rock scene out of out of Japan or out out of South America or central america or or, or even the u s like i I would sit here and I'd listen to these singers, especially a lot of hip hop. You know, and, and just how like somebody can approach a song and they can flow through it and they're not necessarily on the beat, but they're creating a beat within their own voice. That, that's always, that that started to become my, my baby, my, 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 my thing where I I could sit here and and I can listen to a song, you know, once or twice and and I can find grooves in that song that, you know, other people can't hear. Um, It's definitely become, I don't want to say a hidden talent, but it's definitely a talent of mine that I can approach a song and I'm not singing it like dumbed down. And I'm not calling other vocalists dumb, and I'm not saying that by any means, but I'm just saying in my own approach to be singing, I don't want to be the typical guy. I want to be the guy that's beyond unique. Someone that is remembered, whether it's now or whether it's when I'm dead, that this guy Push the limits of,
0: of of everything he did. Yeah, and, and I will
2: continue to
1: do
0: that. It is. It's multi-talented, multi-faceted, and you you know you're a name that because of what you did with a life once lost, you kind of touted in a very um what's the right way of saying it kind of cult manner, um, and that's got to be something unique that because of what you achieved with a life once lost that when that name is thrown, you know, when an article comes out and it says Bob, brackets a life once lost, it brings a lot of people into whatever you're doing. So you also have set the benchwork for yourself because of those early years, what you did through a life once lost.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I I can totally agree with that. Um it was uh man, I I a Life on Floss was my first band, and, and I'm very, very fortunate. I'm very, very lucky for what came out of a Life on Floss, and I, and I believe that the members that went on to form other bands are very, very fortunate to reap the rewards of all the hard work that we put into. It, whether it's Ecstatic Vision, whether it's Vexes with Bob Carpenter and Justin Graves, um, we were able to, you know, continue to grow and continue to move. And continue to make waves, you know what I mean? Like, we we were all very, very, very fortunate to, to have done what we have done. I, I really can't say anything more than that. It's just, I'm very fortunate. You know, how many how many bands do you know that are just, they do it well, but they just never had the opportunity to excel. They never had the opportunity to play in front of that right crowd, that right person, that right record label, that right promoter, that right magazine where they just didn't knock somebody's fucking socks off. You know, Life on Sloth has had countless opportunities, and we took advantage of those, and, and we put ourselves in the position to where we wanted to take over the world. You know, we were very close, but we fell short. So that's where all these other bands come from now. You know, now we now we know the game. Now we know the system. Now we know what to do and and that's all we can do that's all we will do that's all i will do i can speak for myself is that you know with mind power we're doing it on a very diy scale where we are not really relying on a record label we're not relying on a promoter or a manager we're relying on ourselves to be able to write these songs we're relying on ourselves to be able to play these songs in front of a crowd of people and deliver something that they've never seen and you know it's hard to recreate the wheel and i'm not saying that i made it a little bit more rounds but we're we're really trying to just push the boundaries on how bands release music uh, or even how they write music uh you know it's just it's always a challenge it's always it's always a, i there's not competition with anyone else but within myself to make every record you know vocally uh lyrically and musically with the guys it's it's always a competition to make it better than the last
0: yeah i think i think mind power if if anyone has been paying attention to it it is very i think it's forward thinking it's a unique approach and i think it's a perfect approach in 2019 because you know this year there's three eps already dropped you recently dropped the third one q1 q2 and q3 now was the thought process when you went in that you were going to do this from the offset that you were going to release four EPs over a year and then make it into a physical or was it kind of yes? You, so it always was well it's a very very forward-thinking approach what was the reasoning in your mind for let's break this up let's do four EPs was it to keep people excited with every EP it's ex-
2: it's exactly it uh that and on top of there's too many bands that exist mm. and then and, and the world, the world has fallen into a digital realm that if you get tired of something, like you said earlier in this, in this interview um, that you just click right through it. So why would you put the effort forth to write an eight to 10 or 12 song fooling when you can just sit here and you can put out four strong songs, you can release it every three months and you just keep the attention there. You keep their, their, that you're constantly in conversation, you know, for shit, almost eight months out of the year, instead of it just being two months out of the year or three months out of the year, you know, like you're constantly putting music down, you're you're shoving it down to people's throats and you're keeping relevant in a world that is, everyone has ADHD and, and everyone needs Adderall <laughs> where like the attention span of a normal person now and especially with how facebook instagram twitter and snapchat work it's it's constantly what's fresh it's constantly moving it's constantly going and if you're not keeping up with it you're forgotten so why not just approach doing a band like that so i mean look at the way that hip-hop artists release records where they're releasing singles you know once a month once every two months and but it's keeping it relevant it's keeping it catchy it's keeping it there, keeping that name in the listener's mouth. Why not approach metal like that? Why not approach a band like that? Why not do something different? You know, I, I've already put out full-length records before, and and it, and it goes away. But shit, I, I'd rather just keep it relevant. I'd rather keep it forward. I'd rather keep it, you know, people talking about it. And 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 with, with Q1, it was, you know, it, it came and it went. And then Q2 came out, and people were just like, "Ah, oh, oh, they're doing this." And then all of a sudden, we drop Q3, and people are like, "Holy fuck, they're doing this." And when we get to drop Q4, and people are going to say, "They did this," you know, we we set the bar as way bands should be releasing music now. Mm-hmm. And and I'll be the, the first to say, and as far as my knowledge is concerned, is we are maybe one of the only bands that ever released music in such a fashion, that band's uh sleep token mm. where the guy's releasing um, one song a month or one song a week.
0: Or something yeah. Like so
2: yeah. yeah. And it's, it's wild. You know what I mean? That they have that kind of arsenal. That's a, that's a lot of fucking music. <laughs> and, and you know, um, I'm, I'm very, I'm thoroughly impressed with that, but what it does is it keeps, listeners coming back to hear what you did next you know that that that's to the extreme and i and i applaud that band that, that that's that's an unreal work schedule in my opinion you know um for us having families and, and having full-time jobs like us being able to release these songs and, and and keep it going every every three months is that that's a heavy load upon ourselves and at the end of the day we'll have 16 great songs that we're going to release to the public and it's like I said, it's just going to be that one of those things. It's gonna, it's gonna crush. It's gonna, it's gonna keep it going. You know, come 2020, we might do something a little, little different. But I feel like musically, like this is the way it should be. You know, there's going to be a change in, in the pace. And you, you saw, you know, less physical copies nowadays, and you see more digital copies nowadays. You know, so you got to like keep thinking of how can you keep up with what's going on in the times of, of releasing songs of releasing records and i feel like you know one night crazy enough as it was i came up with this idea and the guys bit on it
0: i think it's a it like you said it is definitely not something within the heavy realm of things has been done before i think it will set a standard because it is the correct way with the digital wave that things should be done It gives people enough music to tie them over before the next release, but it also doesn't give them too much that they get bored of the release because by doing four songs at a time, you're also focusing on the quality of it, not the quantity. So you're not rushing out 10 songs and maybe only five of them are good and then the rest are just filler. It's four outstanding songs ready to go crushing. Agreed,
2: agreed. Um, I mean, every EP that we write, we probably have a good five or six songs to choose from, you know, and, and we don't reuse any of the, any of the songs. And, and maybe there's a part, maybe there's a riff, maybe there's an idea or a concept off of one of those songs that we scrap, but that's what, you know, builds and that's what rolls into the next record. You know, uh, we're not using like, we didn't just go sit down and write 16 songs. We're writing these songs as we go and as we progress and as we move forward. You know, and then there's a lot of input put in through, through, um, through, uh, my guitar player's nickname is Banana Man. Drummer's name is, uh, Gregory's, Gregory Savory, or we call him the Sauce. And we got the Whip and we got the Troop. You know, everyone's input on these records is always included. Everyone's input is always thought of. Um, at the end of the day, we put the best music out. At the end of the day, we, we put everything that we have into it. Um, and, and that's just, that's the way that we do it. Uh, that, that's our standard. And, and what we, what our initial approach on this was to, was to change it, was to change the game. And, and I counted, I, I talked to, I talked to several labels about this idea and nobody told me that it could be done. Mm. And everyone was like, "No, that's too far fetched. And I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, I guess, I guess you're challenging me right there. (sighs) Yeah. challenge accepted and then here we are now you know um sitting uh july and we literally have released you know three eps and each ep just takes that step forward i mean q4 trust me is is going to is 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 a is going to crush it's going it's a culmination of everything that we've done thus far and you'll you'll hear songs on there that are just like holy shit! I didn't I didn't think they could outdo Q three. The same thing when Q two came out, they just outdid Q one. How are they going to outdo Q two, Q three? You know, Q four is will deliver. It so, will deliver.
0: So how do you how do you guys do the writing for it? Is it you sit together or the guys sit together for a while and you just focus on that EP at the time, or do you try and do two of the EPs at a time? Because with life and everything that's going on. It's got to take quite a bit of um, time to be put aside to get those songs honed. So what's the process for writing each of the cues? We, we've we taken
2: pretty much uh, each cue individually.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: you know. And the, the guys all live up in Wilkes-Barre. I live down in the suburbs of Philadelphia and Bucks County. And um, I'm about a two-hour trek. Uh, they're a two-hour trek north of me. So, uh, I kind of put it in their hands to, you know, get together to write, um, the, just the songs they've been putting out and, and I put all the faith in them. Um, I do give a lot of input as far as things that I think sound good, things that I think they should kind of push forward or progress more in a certain direction. I do that. And I do that all the time. Uh, this is the first band. Where I actually have musicians listening to the singer, <laughs> unlike oh. ideas, like every other band that I've ever been in, I, I throw an idea out there and they kind of just like shut up, just grab your microphone and sing. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, you know. But but here with, with mind power, it, it's been a very very solid group effort as far as you know. If I have an idea, um, I, I can present it to them whether they like it or not. But you know, you know, uh, sometimes they'll use it. Sometimes they'll jump on it and. It'll make sense to them, you know, so, so on, on Q2, we wrote the song mess. Um, uh, and oh man, I, I just kept telling the guitar player, Banana Man, I'm like, yeah, listen, like we got to write a song like this driving bass. Like we have to do that, like slower. I, I want it to be different. I want it to explode at times. Like I, I wanted to, but I wanted to be a, an emotional song to where even if you weren't a fan and you heard the song for the first time, you'd be just completely fucking blown away just by the intensity and the emotion that this song actually contains within itself. So, you know, working, working with these dudes and, uh, it's just, it's been, it's honestly, it's been a, it's been fucking surreal. You know what I mean? It's, it's been an unreal experience for me. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that we can continue to, uh, continue to, to provide music for, you know, for the entire world here,
0: so. Well, I think probably part of that is, it. A, it's got to be exciting for you to actually, as a vocalist, be listened to, as in you have a valid opinion, but also all of the guys in the band have come from other bands, like Dead End Path, Bring the Heat, Nigeria, so it's kind of a thing where you've all learned from past experiences, past mistakes, and then you're bringing it in and you actually care about what's going on now, that you want it to be something fun. You want it to be something fresh. Um, And it's pretty important that you've taken a different approach. But a second part of a question here in this is, are you worried that you're setting this standard, you're setting this bar with what you're doing this year, and then in many ways it'll be exciting, but then everyone's going to be watching what you're going to do next. Um, Can you go back to doing maybe several EPs again next year or the year after, or do you think you've got to change it up again and do something new again?
2: I, I want to, I want to keep doing, I kind of want to keep refreshing it. I kind of want to keep recreating that that's my personal opinion. We haven't really talked about it yet because our, our our goal at hand right now is is to finish Q4 release. Once we finish that Q4 release, we're done. <laughs> we're done writing until at least 2020. And then our main focus will now be to get out there and actually start, you know, playing and start playing in front of people, start to build this attraction so that people just don't hear it on, you know, on their phone or, or, or on a, on a computer or in their car. But now they can actually visually see what we're doing visually, like, feel what we're doing um that that's our goal after we finish writing q4 uh once once q4 is finished like i said we're going to focus on the shows once the shows start coming in and coming in who knows i mean maybe by like midway through 2020 we'll maybe we'll drop another ep or something in the summertime of next year but it's so far off and it's really not a thought in our in our in our timeline right now So it's, it's it's kind of hard to answer, but I I feel, I do understand the question where you're saying like the the pressure and all that there, there may be pressure on it. You know what I mean? To see what we do next. Maybe we'll be that trendsetter, but shit. It's, it's hard to even say that, you know, there's so many other bands out there that might pick up on this, that might gain a lot more notoriety off of it, but it's just, it's a new way to release music and, and, and honestly, I hope it really does pick up like brush fire.
0: You know, I, it's, I think it's good attention though. I think if, if, if people turn the attention into pressure of what's going to happen next, I mean, the upside of that is at least they're paying attention. At least they know what you're doing.
2: Exactly. 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 So I, I, I love being pressured. I love being told I can't do something. I, I absolutely adore it. I love it. Um, it's just, it makes, it makes it so much more satisfying when you can complete the hand a task. You know what I mean, like, or the task at hand. I'm sorry. Um, you know, whether in anything that I've ever done in my life, when I, I was told that I could do it and I did it, that's the most satisfying, rewarding goal that you can achieve through through that. Um, when I had these labels tell me that this is this is a stupid idea. And that it would never ever be done just to focus on putting out a full length. No, it's, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You know, we just, we just did something that no other band has ever done and we're proving you wrong, you know, and, and that's just kind of where that I see it now. That shit, man, like uh, I'll never take any of this back. And this is just who we are. We're, we're, we're a hardworking band and we'll continue to be a hardworking band, you know, until until
0: the cows come home, I guess, you know? And they'll bet you some of these labels that, you know, they're saying no, when you get to Q4 and, you know, you're going to release possibly some physicals on vinyl, maybe CD. I don't know whether you're going to do that either, but are they going to maybe start peaking some attention and wanting to assist with the release of physical stuff? Or are you going to just do the physical releases on your own independently?
2: Is that that's the uh, that's one thing that I've been throwing around right now is is how we're going to release these records, and uh, we came up with the, the moniker of uh, a label called uh, Low Dose Records, mm-hmm. and um, we're um, throwing around the idea of uh, you know maybe doing like a, you know limited edition of like a set releases, a limited edition of CD releases, and a limited edition of like vinyl, and just doing it ourselves until until there is a label to, to to kind of walk behind us. I think once a label walks behind us, you know, it's only going to push our name even harder. It's going to push our name further. It, it, the, the sky's the limit at this point. And, and we've done everything ourselves up to this point to have a, to have a strong label behind us is, is, is exactly what I think that it's exactly what would push us to that next level. You know, um, it's it's a dream it's it's a pipe dream and like i said we just take it one day at a time we take it one record at a time and if someone comes along and and it's very appealing and it's very attractive you know you know we 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 will consider it but as of right now everything that we're doing is is totally solely us you know whether it's printing the t-shirts or whether it was booking the shows or whether it's writing the music or or and re- even recording um, it's's it's been a it's been a family joint effort here
0: Yeah I think I think people will if they're already not label wise paying attention they definitely will when it comes to Q4. Um, now you're mentioning earlier there about you know next year getting out doing more shows but I know you are doing shows occasionally every now and then how's it gonna work for you guys with you know everyone's got a life, outside of the band, which is the realities of growing up. You know, everyone has commitments and responsibilities. Unfortunately, we have to grow up eventually, which fucking sucks. Um, But what's the goal? Is it going to be just picking tours, being smart about tours, or is it going to be just try and get out as much as possible? It's,
2: it's all up in the air. Um, You know, uh, I, I every day to get back on the road and actually play. and and tour, uh, the guys in the band are a little bit more hesitant towards it, but I think once they kind of start seeing the, the growth and and the attraction that mind power has, has built, um, it it could be something that could be considered. Now, I would say that touring like a four week, five week tour tends to really like kind of beat a band down, uh, maybe try to, you know jump on what bands like uh band like the end and another local hardcore bands in the area have done where they they just do these really long extended weekends or they do a week here they do a week there in certain regions that might be more of our approach um yeah, i just just limiting the days but you know maximizing like the major cities you know maximizing our shows and just playing very limited uh, it's going to pull more people in instead of us oversaturating areas. And I believe that's one of the problems the Life on Lost had near the end is that we're playing so much and we're doing so much that, yeah, I don't want to see them right now because they're going to be back here in two or three months.
1: Mm.
2: That That's that's the whole philosophy behind that. I, I I totally experienced that within my band and now I want to take that approach where I can go and I can really focus on you know making this count but making it count right so if it's us going up california it's us playing maybe you know you know four or five shows out there or you know if we go to the uk or europe it's four or five shows and that'll be it so if you want to come and see us play you're going to have to make one of these shows because you know god god only knows if we're going to make it back again so
0: yeah it's it it is the smart way i mean i think problem a lot of bands do have now which is like you said with a life once lost, it's still prevalent then. And it is now is that people do get bored of it. They go, "Yeah, oh, they were here last week. They'll be back in six weeks time. Don't need to bother about now. Yeah. But you create, you create the want by not being there all the time. Very, you know, random times. They will go, shit, I don't know if it's going to be a year. I don't know if it maybe is going to be 18 months. I better get out, better get to that show. Yeah. And then,
2: then, I mean that's the whole idea. Like, if we keep putting out the music that we're putting out, and we do those limited like tours and limited shows, you know, it's gonna pull more attraction in because you just don't know when you're gonna see us play. You know, the, the people will hopefully want to come out and see us, and they'll want to travel to come and see us play because they just don't know when they're ever gonna be able to see us play. And that's the whole the whole concept and the whole idea behind that. You know, as far as as far as I'm concerned. Um, that, that's where I'm taking it. And that's where I'm putting it.
0: I think it's, uh, it's I think just it's great.
2: Ma- making it, making it attractive, making it, making people want to come, you know, bands over saturate areas all the fucking time and you're always on the road and you're always playing the same city. You're not going to continue to draw the same people. You know, the set's not going to change unless you're changing it. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of smart bands out there. A band like Converge only to tour the U.S. maybe once a year. Um, and, and that's the thing is like, they'll hit Philly, but you don't know what set you're going to get and you don't want to know when the next time you're actually going to see them playing, who they're going to be playing with. You know, it's smart. It's a smart philosophy. You look at a band like Pig Destroyer who plays that rare occurrence, but when they play, they're drawing the people and they're bringing those people out. You know, that, that's, that's kind of where I see Mind Power going in the future.
0: Oh, it's, it's. And that's another forward thinking process and way of having it. It's the way it should be. I think a lot of bands will learn from that and are hopefully starting to learn from that. An interesting thing yeah. uh, or a question I had with the way you guys have been dropping these Q1, Q2, Q3, which I think is also very different is you're not self hyping it. It's um, you're not announcing it's about to drop. You literally just go, there it is, guys. Here it is. Enjoy it. Yeah. Um, is that yeah. is that a conscious and I mean, effort? As
2: soon as we drop it, that that was that was the whole idea. I don't I don't I don't like to build the hype. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any interest in building the hype. I I'd like to keep it so that it's like, oh, out of nowhere, you just you know you're, you're laying in bed, you're getting you're dreading going to work, and you grab your phone and you're going through your your Facebook or your Instagram or something like that, and then all of a sudden you're like like holy shit, these guys just dropped another fucking record. Like what the fuck? Even though we in the very beginning we told everyone our schedule is going to be january 1st it's going to be you know um april 2nd it's going to be july 3rd it's going to be october 4th it's going to be december 5th you know like we've already told everyone that and it's in order for them to keep up with it you know we're not going to keep like just pushing it but once it comes out then you'll see a lot more of like us and a lot more like social media presence as far as you know yo hey did you go pick that record up yo what's your favorite song off this record hey yo uh we're doing this contest. uh Tag a bunch of people on a playlist and you know we'll we'll give out a free T shirt or something. You know it's just it's any little thing you can do to keep that to keep that buzz going to keep that hype going as soon as you do drop the record, but doing it unannounced i I think that actually has benefited us with with each release that we've done I've noticed more and more and more and more attention being drawn to the band. You know, to the point where, you know, we're constantly getting messages. I'm constantly getting emails about, can you play this show? When are you guys playing? When are you guys dropping physical copies? What are you doing this? When are you doing that? It's 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 just amazing. It's unreal. It's it's a it's it's a social science experiment, and so far, you know, it's exceeded my it's exceeded my expectations.
0: It's it is it, it, even from an outsider looking into the band, it is just forward thinking, and it's hitting all the marks, all these things that you're doing is just another step in, you just go, wow, I can't believe that's working, but then you say, can't believe that's working, but you go, of course that should work, because everyone should be doing that, Um, it's also got to be interesting for you, as an artist now, you mentioned social media in there, that nowadays, social media is an important part, um, of a band unfortunately whether it's a good thing or a bad thing it's much needed is that something you guys have had to just like learn to develop or is that something that you're still learning to develop and use to your advantage
2: I, uh, it's it's social media is such a tricky thing i mean you, you saw you saw bands like you know job for a cowboy suicide silence that were just that excelled at it, mm. you know. They they just blew up off uh, the MySpace craze, so these MySpace bands and stuff like that. And then they were able to deliver, you know, repeatedly, time and time and time and time again. Um, I, I think just this current day and age, it's that's what it is. It's 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 social media presence. It's it's digital. It's 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 the way life is is starting to roll, and it's it's it's, it's inevitable. Like you either. You know, you, you, you continue to do this uh, or you just, you know, you stay behind it. Uh, you, you just don't get involved with it. And there, there's, there's fans out there nowadays that still don't do it, but they still excel and they still excel in their punk values. Um, it's just, it's, oh man, it's just, it's the it's culture of life right now. It's just the way it's going to be. It's the way it's always going to be now. It, 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 and it's very unfortunate that that's what it has come to you know is that this is how bands release records compared to like you know the 50s and 60s and the 70s where man there's so many bands that were so slept on that people just don't have any idea on and now there's now they're just discovering them now they're just hearing about them and and they're long gone you'll never ever be able to see them again it's just <laughs> i say it's wild man it's it's music is wild music is always changing it changes every day and whether you're going to be a part of it or whether you're going to just sit there and just deny its existence and deny the fact that social media does really play a huge, massive part in everything that goes on, it's it's inevitable. You know, you either, you're either either with it or you're against it. And then if you're against it, I wish you all the luck in the world. But if you're able to utilize it and utilize everything that has to offer, shit, man, you got to go for it, you
0: know? Well, exactly. I think it's just like everything else that Power is doing with learning how to adapt to the changing scenery and landscape of things. Social media is, you know, something that bands need to adapt to and use. You know, um, if you're anti it, then, well, unfortunately, nowadays landscape probably not going to get that much of a support. You're not going to get that much attention. It is just a different time. There's no longer you know, the magazines that can push you. It's really up to yourself, um, which gives bands a lot of power, gives them a lot of self-power. Yes. Um,
2: I I agree with
0: that. A question I've got with how mind power is growing and growing and growing is – You know, you're a man, you're a man that doesn't seem to want to just be in one band. So what's going to be going on with left to vanish for the rest of this year? What's going to be going on with left to vanish coming up? You know, you guys released dethroned, um, in 2017. Um, you're still playing shows here and there. So what's going on with LTV? Um, those, those boys are, uh, the rating, uh,
2: record right now, new VP, um, Lord only knows when we're going to be able to get into the studio. Uh, everyone has families. Uh, everyone has full-time jobs, just like Power, And when those guys do get around to playing and writing, I mean, they're writing some pretty stellar riffs and some pretty stellar songs. Uh, they've been, you know, Sean, Paul, and Brian, I've known those guys since pretty much like the beginning of, uh, of the Life on Foss days. Uh, we were able to tour Through the Eyes of the Dead where Paul Meredith filled in on drums. Uh, Sean Sam uh, the guitar player he lived in uh, the neighborhood I grew up in for a little while uh, so I have a very very long history with those guys um, uh, it was kind of it, it was strange that they asked me to sing for them but I, I've grown to love them you know what I mean uh, and I don't have a whole lot to do with the band besides just singing um, I, I sing and I write the lyrics and perform with them and they, they, they give me a lot of opportunities to be able to play in front of a lot of people. Sean Sam being a, uh, a pretty heavy, heavy hitting promoter in, within the area. Uh, he's only given me the opportunities to play in front of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids. Uh, it's been a, it's been awesome. Now I, I, my whole thing is I love playing live shows. Uh, but right now I think we have, we're about, from what I understand, about two to three songs deep on another record. Uh, so we're just gonna continue to writing and uh see where that takes us.
0: Do you think there will come a day where you'll you know you'll have both touring at the same time
2: um, i I would love that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's all about just you know the availability of everybody, the availability of the tours, and just the opportunities that we're gonna be presented in the future you know we we take one day at a time whether I'm singing it. Uh, left to vanish or whether I'm singing of mind power, it's, you know, and, and then that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I continue to search for bands to play with. I continue to search for bands that I can help and work with. Um, it's just my, it's my giving nature. Um, and it's, uh, just a recreation of, of what I always wanted to be. Uh, I kind of lost my way, uh, in my late twenties, which is just, just being a, being an idiot. And I'm just starting to rediscover you know, what music meant to me and what I can give back to music and I'm gonna give it everything I can until the day I die. Yeah,
0: you can you can see that you're a you're a man of bands. Um and you know, everyone learns and you learn from your mistakes and then you evolve and Exactly. You know, that yeah, so the th-
2: beautiful thing about pe- that's the beautiful thing about people is that mm. if you if you consistently make that same mistake over and over and over again, it's just
1: that's
2: silly. Should have learned the first time, and it took me many times of making mistakes to to learn shit like this. This doesn't work. If it worked, you know, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) But it doesn't. You know, I put myself in a position, and I put myself in many positions, and and I've learned from every single one of them. Now, I can sit back there as a 39 year old man. I'm going to be 40 this year, and I and I've learned from every single mistake that I've made, and 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 lyrically, in the mind power records, you that that's 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 my story every single set of lyrics is something to do with my life, something to do with me and, and within the past whether it's not the past year, whether it's not the past five or the past ten but it it's my life it's it's plain and simple. I don't think about politics, I don't think about religions and I don't think about social um issues I sing about me, I sing about myself, and you know realizing what i've done you know and and the people that i've hurt
0: there it it is it's got to be um is it quite relieving and you know an outlet for you because learning from your mistakes is one thing we all you know evolve and learn and that's part of life is you learn from your mistakes and you move forward and you become a better person we always everyone does anyone that says they haven't learned from their mistakes is in denial but with lyrics yes you're putting that out on paper is that also another step in helping you process and um, accept that you're a better person now? Because some of those lyrics in Mind Power, you know, there's like there's some gloom in there, there's some depression, there's mistakes, shame, guilt. Um, is it a really good cathartic element for you, lyrics?
2: Yeah, it's 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 always been since the 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 beginning of a life once lost. Uh... It was such a therapeutic thing to be able to have that release that not many people can do that. There's a lot of people out there that will just never ever be able to experience anything like that. And, and here I am fortunate enough to have had the opportunity to do it. You know, it shits. It, it's, it's fucking wild. It's wild that I can sit up on stage and. You know, smash a microphone against my face and then I can put everything out there and I can leave everything on that stage that night. And I walk away every time and I'm exhausted, but I can sit there and I can smile, you know, and I can sit there and be, feel like I, I left a piece of that, that shame or that guilt, that depression on that stage that night. Oh. I, I do that every single time I play, whether it's with Left to Vanish and later days of a life once lost. And one day it'll be with Mind Power. And any other future band I decide to start, it's always going to
0: be that way. I love that. I love that. That's, it's how it should be. Uh, I love, love hearing that, man. Um, Only one or two questions, and then I'll let you go. Yeah, take your time, dude. Let you go. Um, Couple, one question is, Old Bones. Um, What's going on there? Is there anything going on? Because you guys released Us and Them in 2017. That was such a fuck what a ball buster of a fucking EP, I've got to say. Um, <laughs> fucking brutal. Um, and that kind of felt like it just came and went really quick. Um, is that something that has, is gone or is that something that might come back or is that just all up in the air?
2: No, nah, it's, I'd it's say it's up in the air. Um, we were kind of throwing the idea around about maybe, you know, bringing it back uh, maybe under a different moniker, maybe as Old bones, it's, but it's just been everything's been up in the air. Everyone has, again, another group of older dudes that all have families and a couple of them have kids and full-time jobs. And some of the guys are constantly like traveling around with their work. And uh, it's just, it's, it's fucking tough, man. It's, it's tough to get together. And, and I wish that I did this when I was younger because I'd be able to fucking just go out on the road and not get two bucks. But nowadays it's, you know, you're at the mercy of the beast and the beast is, is, is your life. You know, you, you, gotta provide for yourself. You gotta provide for your family. You gotta keep a, a roof over your head. And unfortunately these bands that we play in are all more of a hobby kind of a thing. And with all those, with all those guys living up in New York, it makes it twice as hard to be able to, uh, you know, to get up there and to be able to play with them, to be able to hang out with them, to be able to go to eat with them. Um, uh, it's just one of those things, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love to see a little reincarnation of it i would love to see that um uh, that those guys fucking ruled um they did they 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 were giving me a voice when no one else was you know and i'm very appreciative of everything they did for me so hopefully it's like one day i'll be able to uh i'll be able to play and share a stage with those guys again uh, i miss them a lot
0: so well hopefully hopefully we do because yeah um gonna put a link up when we put this up um everyone's gonna hear that fucking ep along with all the mind power stuff and stuff but that's um thank you now one thing i'd ask you know music is clearly something you love and you have fun with um anyone that sees what you've done what you are doing the when they're listening to this they can hear how much fun and passion you have for music but um was there ever a chance with a life once lost because it seemed like everything at the end got a bit, you know, momentum lost, things line up changing. Was there ever a a thought in your head that maybe music wasn't fun anymore and maybe you didn't want to do it? And then the side of that is um, have, have you reached an age that when you know it's no longer fun, it's time to step away and focus on something else? It's yeah, loaded the loaded question. I'd one. say the
2: last yeah, I know, I know. The uh I'd say it was it was probably thirty three years old. Uh we were just finishing up those last few uh tour cycles for ecstatic trance and um it, it was uh it, it was it was devastating, you know what I mean? Like we, we went from you know, playing in front of thousands of people to playing in front of teens of people. And um it was just a hard thing to swallow. It just stops making sense. It stops becoming what once was a, the best job that I've ever had in my life to being more of a bothersome, more of a, how am I going to pay my rent this month kind of problem. And, uh, man, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. Uh, there was a a period of time when I didn't want to touch a microphone where I didn't want to go to a show where I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to have anything to do with anyone in music. I I wasn't listening to a whole lot of music. I started switching over to listening to talk radio all the time and shit. And, uh, uh, there just came a point, like hit that wall. And I was just like, you know, I'm, I'd I'd like to try to give us another shot. And then, uh, that day came with, with old bones and they followed with mind power. And then a follow would Left to vanish and I have a few other projects on the uh, on the horizon right now that I'm gonna be uh releasing probably hopefully by the end of the year and uh yeah I'm gonna do it as long as I can I mean when I sing and when I scream, even in the studio it's it's harsh it's it's heavy and it's loud and uh Melissa cross would probably uh freak out if she ever saw me actually <laughs> perform in a in a studio because I'm just doing everything wrong but you'll you'll never you'll never, you'll never get true passion unless you're actually delivering with that passion yeah, with yeah. that emotion you're, you'll ne- you'll never you'll never get it in my opinion uh that's just the way that i've always been um playing live or or in a studio it's 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 emotional it's i'm singing some singing about stuff that i don't really want to talk about all the time you know mm. um and uh there'll, there'll come a time when you know, I won't be able to talk anymore, probably. <laughs> or there'll come a time when it's just, it stops being fun. But right now I'm having, I'm having a great time. I'm having a time of my life. Uh It, it feels good. And I feel young doing it. I, I don't feel like I'm 39 years old when I'm in there. And I don't feel 39 years old when I'm, just, when I'm on the stage with Left to Vanish. And I don't feel 39 years old when I have the opportunity to sit here and talk to you. You know, this is, to, to, to hear the kindness that you express towards me makes everything that I put into it and everything that I will put into it, you know, from the day forward, uh, it makes it worth it. It makes it all that hard work, all that emotions and, and all that, all that pain that I fucking deliver. It makes everything so worth it. Oh. You know, it, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to do what I do and to be able to touch the lives that I've touched. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't thank people enough for 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 the kindness and for the help and and for everything they say and for everything they do. It's just, it's all a dream come true, man.
0: Oh, dude, I mean every word. I'm, I'm stoked that you got back into things and that you're in things now going full force because. I'm one of those persons I get deep into vocals, music, and everything in general. But I can hear that passion. I can hear that rawness. I can hear that emotion in everything you've done. And I'm glad it doesn't sound mechanical. I'm glad you're raw and real. And I just want you to keep doing what you're doing. Um, I love that you're back doing it. Um, And big props, man. Just keep doing it. Like, fuck yes. Just keep doing it, man. Like, love it. Everything. Um, I will. I will.
2: Last. Trust me, plenty, plenty more projects coming, and with Q four and the new Left of Anish record, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a nice rest of twenty nineteen into twenty twenty. So
0: yeah, fuck yeah, brother, fuck yeah. Um, got one last question about music, and then I want to ask you about barbecue meats because I know you're about all about (laughs) your meats. Um, the last question I got about music is, you know, there's a lot of bands nowadays doing anniversary tours and these like anniversary reunion shows and all of this stuff. And you look in and you know, probably the biggest release that life once lost had was Hunter. Has it ever been something that someone has approached you and said, we'd love to get you guys to do a couple of weekend shows, um, celebrating the release, playing the release back to front. And then is it something that you're a fan of, or do you think it's a bit of a cash grabber? And is it something you'd ever consider?
2: man that's you, you with these loaded questions
0: um, <laughs> keeping you on your toes
2: the <laughs> no, i love it um we we actually four of the members were playing just recently uh relearning a lot of songs and um talking about going out and playing a couple of shows and it was on like the coattails or the or the height of like. All these other older bands getting back together to, to play these shows. And, oh man, it's, I, I see, it, I see it in so many different ways. I see it as a cash grab. I see it as an opportunity for the, this younger generation of, of kids that are now getting into either if it's hardcore, if it's punk or it's metal. They never had the opportunity to experience the true passion of what it was. Might as well allow them to feel it. At the same time, you have a band like the Misfits that are now is good at, that were just confirmed to play Madison Square Garden. That's a cash grab. Mm. You have a band like One King Down and, and I'm very good friends with Rob Fusco. Um, I don't see that as being a cash grab. I see them as just wanting to get together, wanting to recreate something that they had the opportunity to do when they were younger and, and, and to get back together and see each other and, and play and, 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 Honestly, allow allow a younger generation to experience it. You know, it, it's it's such a it's such a it's such a touchy subject to talk about. Mm. I mean, if a if a life on floss was approached with something like that, there, there might be a possibility that we might want to do it. You know, um, but as of right now, I think that I have all my projects going. I know Bobby and Justin; they have their projects going. So, you know, it's a very up in the air. It's a very up in the air thing for us as a band. As far as other bands doing it, you know, good luck and you know, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. You know, I'm just I I I wouldn't want to do it as that. I would want to do it as something to try to bring a lot of people together to to kind of see the band play, you know, a couple shows and. That might be it. Who knows? We might get back together and we might drop another record. Who knows? It's 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 kind of hard to say right now. Mm. But uh, only the only the future and only the uh, the four of us that are playing together right now know that answer. So
0: oh, that was a good answer. That was a good answer. Um, now last thing before we look to wrap things up is you and your barbecue meats, dude. Like you're all into it. Um, smoking, grilling. Yeah all that stuff. Um, how did you get into it? And is it just like a fun project? Like you just do it for catering gigs or is it something you'd one day down the track want to make a business out of?
2: Um, it's. I got into it through, uh, I've always liked cooking. Um, I've always had an interest in cooking. I never worked in a kitchen. I've never worked in a deli. I've never done anything like that in my life. So, it wasn't something that I thought I would ever be progressing forward or towards. Uh, I was fortunate enough um, to get my first smoker that I'm looking at right now in my backyard on this rainy day. Uh, I got that about six years ago and I probably have put many, many, many pounds of meat on that, on that smoker. And I've just come to learn how to love it. I uh, it's so really one of the best things. There's, there's being able to play in front of a room of people, you know, whether it's two or whether it's a thousand and having people come up to you and say, yo, that was fucking unreal. It just, it makes you smile on the inside and out to be able to cook something for somebody and see them smile and, and hear their reaction and, and then tell you just how good it is. It just makes you, makes you melt, man. It makes you just like, it's such a surreal thing. Uh, I think that everything that I do in my life, whether, whether I'm, you know, cooking for people, whether I'm playing music for people, whether I'm painting for people, or or, or painting, paintings, painting, um, uh, I do paintings as well, Mm. but all that stuff is just one of those things where you you just hear the reaction of somebody and you just, you, you look at their face when they, either they get a painting from you or. They get that, they get that pile of, uh, you know, ribs or brisket or whatever it is, or they get that record from you and they're just like, man, like, like you have no idea, like what this is doing to me right now. It's just, it just internally, it makes you just feel so good. It makes everything that hurts just go away for that brief period of time. And, uh, I, I just love doing it. Um, uh, as far as the business goes, one day. You know the 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 whole catering thing that I do now with a with Uncle's uh, Barbecue at Bucks County is just uh, I love cooking for people. I do it for a lot of my friends. Uh This summer I got about a half dozen ten cooking engagements for the rest of the year, and and I'll continue to do it. Uh, it's a nice little side cash business, but I, I think the main point of it is just to to perfect my craft and and to uh, develop a name for myself as a open Fire Cooker. So, um, yeah, one day maybe I'll own a little spot, a little bar or something, you know, then just be able to cook and make some good grub for people. That, that's my goal.
0: Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Love
1: it.
2: Yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun. Uh, I, I I, always wanted to go to Australia and New Zealand, man, and one day I'm going to have to make it down there because I know you guys kind of wrangle up that grill pretty good
1: too, so.
0: Oh, dude, we're, we're obsessed with it, man. Like every Saturday or Sunday, yeah, you'll see everyone's got their grill on. Um, it's a big thing down (laughs) here big thing
2: yeah it's it's a big thing everywhere but man I just it it brings people together too I'll I'll go down I I live in a neighborhood of maybe like uh, maybe like three four hundred homes and there's a park down in the back side of the south side of our neighborhood and every Sunday there's guys down there shooting horseshoes and softball fields basketball courts and I'll bring my my two or three smokers down there and I'll just up underneath the tent and I'll go to town and I'll just, you know, buy a couple hundred bucks worth of food and just cook for people. And I literally go home with nothing every time. Um, I'll, I'll tell a bunch of people about it. I'll have like 70, 80, 90 people down there just having a time of their lives, you know, and it just makes everything worth it. It's, it's fun, man. It there does. ain't no better feeling than, making, than hearing someone say, shit, that's good.
0: <laughs> and food brings people together, man. It always does.
2: Oh, it does does. Music brings it together, beer brings it together, food especially brings it together. And it's such a beautiful thing, man. The, the the human life is as short as it is, there's there's so much beauty and there's so much joy in it that we all need to take that opportunity to really embrace what it is that we love, you know, and we love each other and we love just ah man. I, I love the fact that we're all different. I love the fact that someone thinks differently than me. I I love the fact that someone can create something that I can't but it just pushes me harder to be able to replicate what they do and make it my own.
1: Yeah, fuck
0: you it. You
2: know, that that's the that's the point of living at this at the stage of life.
0: Oh. Love it. Um dude, uh, let's do the last thing I do every every week, every chat. And this is just a fun segment just to break things up. We're gonna try and find out what makes you tick. Um, it's called Pick Your Poison. Now what I do here but- is I give you two options and you have to pick your favorite of the two. Now, go on. Would you rather a pizza or a burger? Wow, it's fucking tough. Yeah, it all depends.
2: The there's so much beauty in so, and both of them, you know. You well, can't beat a, a cold, a cold brick oven pizza. Can't beat that. Or you, you, uh, you a burger on a grill. Big fat, juicy burger with a nice little, like, uh, oh, man. But I always, I always cook pizza
0: first, to be honest. Yeah, well, pizza, you can have. I always have, pizza first. Pizza, you can have leftovers the next morning.
2: Burger, you can leftovers the next morning, too.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, true. But it, how, you know, is it going to be soggy, though? That's a problem. You don't want it over Yeah, wet. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: You uh, can't have it soggy. But even a soggy pizza, man. I've had soggy pizza before, and it fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> To...
2: but I but I, I think I, I think me cooking wise, uh, I've I cooked pizza a few times on my grill. Uh, I have a nice like uh, um nice little uh, round like pizza brick, uh, pizza pizza thing there. And I'm I'm actually getting attachments from Germany uh, within the next like two weeks where I can actually cook pizza in my grill on my little like round Whoa. Weber. And, and uh, making pizza has always been my favorite thing to do. Uh, anybody can cook a burger, but making a good pie, now that takes some that takes some crap. There's a lot of art in making a good pizza. So I'm going to go pizza all day.
0: Um, next one will probably be a bit hard. Uh, ribs or brisket? Ribs. Whoa, that was easy. Ribs.
2: Uh, uh, bri- bri- ribs, for me, there's something about with the ribs that I make where I can take that bone and I can twist it right out. The brisket, the brisket is, is one of the, in my, in my six years of cooking briskets, you know, the the two dozen briskets that I've cooked in my life—it's an expensive cut of meat, but it's a hard meat to master. But once you actually understand it, and my last, my last probably eight, nine, ten that I've cooked have been absolutely beautiful and perfect. But mm. it, I'm going ribs all day. I like the pork.
0: Uh, chicken or beef.
2: Uh, you can't beat like a top sirloin steak. I'm going beef on that.
0: Um. Well, next one I think will be a simple one for you. Do you prefer to cook at home or dine out? Ooh. I like
2: both. If I if I can go to a good restaurant, that someone's going to knock my socks off. I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. If it's going to be uh, it's going to be me, me cooking. I take my time. I like cooking for myself. So. You know, I'd rather cook than, uh, I'd rather go to the store, you know, supermarket, pick up some good stuff, come back home. I like to cook for myself.
0: Okay. Beach or snow? I
2: hate the fucking beach. Um, But I love seafood. Um, But I do love the snow. I love the mountains and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with the snow.
0: Uh, Cat or dog? Rambo or Rocky
2: fucking Rambo all day dude actually yeah Rambo (laughs) (laughs) Rocky Rocky they've both gotten out of hand with these uh these new renditions of stories and shit it's a little too much for me but I'll I'll go Rambo I think it's uh as a pretty badass motherfucker when I was younger
0: um well this both of these got out of hand as well Terminator or Predator predator all day um slayer all day. slayer or pantera pantera uh converge or dillinger Oof.
2: Hmm. that's tough we we had the opportunity to tour both bands and both bands were amazing uh jake bannon put out a, a great artist and reissued fourth lake flies for us uh Dillinger, I'm I'm very good friends with. Liam, the bass player. Uh, ben, the guitar player. Greg, singer. But man. But you can't beat that tone that Converge has, man. Kirpaloo, you know, that dude is just fucking a monster in the studio. I'm going to go Converge on that.
0: Um, Metallica or Megadeth
2: shit
0: <laughs> never I s- love never said. p by
2: Megadeth it. so fucking much I, when I play pool when I play billiards and stuff that's the song I listen to all the time it gets me so fucking hype but early you can't beat early Metallica early Metallica is the, the godfathers of uh, fucking of thrash I'm gonna go Metallica on that early Metallica not late late Metallica fucking lame as shit
0: Uh, Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder?
2: Cannibal fucking corpse,
0: man. Um, do you prefer stage dives or mic grabs?
2: I like mic grabs. I like when people sing along. I like that more.
0: Um, do you like going to watch a show from the mosh pit or up by the sound desk?
2: Depends who it is. McSugar, I have to watch him by the sound booth. Um, but I just saw Lamb of God and Slayer over at like this uh big uh, amphitheater, and I was in the pit, and man, I haven't been in a pit in a long fucking time. But that was surreal. So I'm gonna draw an even, even, uh, even Steven on that one.
0: Okay, there's two left here. Would you prefer to tour or record? <laughs>
2: oh man, I started to. I'm actually starting to love recording. A little Mm. more than I used to. So at this day and age, this day and age, I'd rather keep it the mind power way. And I'd like to record and just play those occasional shows.
0: Okay, nice. And last one. Do you want to own an album on CD vinyl or on your phone? Vinyl. Fuck. Yeah. It's the only way. Um,
2: No, only way.
0: Rob, Bob, what a fucking chat, man absolute fucking legend no, uh, a pleasure dude really really appreciate it, it. By, man. um that was really fun really in depth um really enjoyed everything that we spoke about and also really enjoyed the company that you gave me really enjoyed it man it means a lot
2: anytime dude anytime you want to chat thank you very much dude i appreciate it dude
0: no i appreciate you and um yeah stay in touch
2: yeah, one day I'm going to make it down there. We're going have to have to we'll barbecue, barbecue some uh, meat-up, all
0: right? Oh, yeah, definitely, brother. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, right t- man. Be safe down there, all right? All right, you too. Take care. So that was my chat with Robert of Mind Power, Left to Vanish, A Life Once Lost, and Old Bones. At the end, there, you heard Mind Power's track Grounded, which is off their Q3 EP. You heard Left to Vanish's song Simple Banter, which is from their album Dethroned. And you also heard an absolute classic track from A Life Once Lost called Vulture from their album Hunter. So this is the part of the show where I remind you and spark the interest in you that if you enjoyed the songs at the end there, if you enjoyed the conversation with Robert, get into this man's discography. There are so many fucking albums, so many absolute banging fucking tunes, you will not be disappointed. Make sure you get into Mind Powers Q1, Q2 and Q3. And keep your eyes and ears to the ground for Q4 that will be coming out later in the year. You can find them on Bandcamp, Spotify, and iTunes. Get into that band. What a fucking band. Also, get into Left to Vanish. That album, Dethroned. Absolute banging fucking album. Also, I'm going to say also a couple of times here. Get into A Life Once Lost. If you never got the opportunity to get into it, you'll find them on Spotify. You might find them on Bandcamp. You'll find their stuff on eBay. You'll probably find it in iTunes as well. And the last one you need to check out is Old Bones. You'll find that on SoundCloud. If you do a bit of proper search, you will find that fucking EP. That's a fucking EP and a half. Ooh, let me tell you that much. So basically support Robert and everything he does Make sure you buy a t-shirt, buy a CD if you can, buy a vinyl if you can. And if you're anywhere near where the man's touring with one of his bands, get out, get a ticket, get up front, show him some love. Thank you again, Robert, for taking time out for me in the Mosh Zone. meant so, so, so much. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. And look forward to catching up later in the year and having another discussion. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 77. All done for this fucking week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that We need your help to get out to more listeners, so if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone, help us out, help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pit.